Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash W-A-N-T-P-O-W-E-R. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubel, MD, episode number 203. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hello there, my friend. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Super glad to have you here today. I've got another success story follow up for you. And this is airing literally almost exactly a year after I had Shannon Weinstein on the podcast last year. So many of you loved her story. She is near and dear to my heart. And so we're going to follow up on all the things that happen in a year of your life. Isn't it so funny when you think like, well, what happened the last year? Really nothing. And then you start really like laying it all out. And it's like, that's a lot of stuff. (laughs) It's a lot, a lot of things. And she's going to be such an inspiration to so many of you. Also, she talks about her story with pregnancy loss. And it's just a really, really, really great episode. So I'm excited for you to hear our conversation. So let me just briefly introduce you to Shannon one more time. Shannon is an emergency medicine doctor in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. She is going to tell you more about herself and all of her progress, but she's lost a whole bunch of weight, struggled with her weight really her whole life. She came on in episode 151. So if you want to go listen to that one first and then listen to the update, you are welcome to do that. And she's just really a great example of what's possible when you keep sticking with the work. And, you know, I was telling her after we were done, I was like, you know, I'm just so happy for you because I know that what we offer is amazing, but she actually took us up on 
that offer. <laughs> she actually did the work and applied it to her life and is reaping the massive rewards from having done that. I'm just so happy for her that she just keeps showing up for herself. It's so great. So I can't wait for you to hear all about Shannon's story. So please enjoy and I'll talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Shannon, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back. I am super excited. I know you were excited when I asked you because you also like to hear how are people doing? Like, what's the follow up on these episodes? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) they're so fun, right? So good. Okay, so for anybody who is listening, who wants the first rundown of where we talked about everything, your whole, you know, weight struggle as a kid and your family and everything leading up to that, that was episode 151. And so this is going live a year later. So fun. So give us an update from last year to now, because a lot has happened. (laughs) A lot has happened. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I basically got down to goal weight. Some events happened where I kind of went back to my old ways, but didn't stay in them for very long. And, you know, got that in a minute, (laughs) right back on track. Yeah. So mostly back, almost down to goal weight again, trying to get back there again. But that's really pretty much in the bag. Like, I, you know, I have what I yeah. do and that's pretty much streamlined. And now I'm just like working as an ER doctor during COVID times, which is always interesting. I bought a house. I had an ectopic pregnancy. Life has I happened mean, life, for you. In the life has year. happened. But, you know, with all of that said, like life is like essentially good right now, which is very weird to say, you know, in the midst of everything that's happening. But for yeah. us life is good. And you know, we're really good. trying to pay it forward. But yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's we're going to dig into each uh, like those things you all talked about. We're going to dig into those things for sure. So let's just start with talking about working in an ER, a busy ER during COVID times. So that yeah. was like, the world was shutting down, but not yeah. for you. The world not was ramping me. up for you <laughs> in March and April. Oh my gosh. I, I, there was a lot going on. So talk so us much my management that went. Yeah. So basically I work in Fort Lauderdale and so we were a hot spot for a little while and I um, really did get a good bit of surge where, you know, every day I was going in and our whole board was full of COVID, multiple codes a day, you know, just very sick people wearing my protective gear for eight to 12 hours at a time, just like nothing I've ever practiced before. It was very stressful. And you know, luckily I had this program to like lean on and like the the tools I developed in the past year to lean on to get me through because I mean, you know, some of my colleagues were really struggling. Others, you know, didn't seem to struggle as much. And, you know, you look at them and you're like, you know, why didn't they struggle? And they've lived their life kind of through like, you know, the model, even if they don't like, you know, realize they're doing it or not. And I think I probably would have been those other, one of those other people that like was like totally struggling if I didn't like know about this, this work. And so, yeah, I mean, your interpretation of everything was what, yeah. And like, you know, me worrying that I'm going to get COVID every second is going to lead me to more likely to make a mistake and get COVID like mistake with my PPE or whatever. And, you know, if I just try to keep myself calm and, you know, have reasonable expectations of myself and make a plan, you know, I had to kind of revamp my whole, my eating plan, my sleeping plan, everything just because like, you know, on those ships where I was wearing my, you know, PPE eight to 12 hours at a time, I guess I could have, but I didn't the risk outweighed the benefit of me taking it off. So I would just drink a bunch of water before I went in. I would eat before I go in and drink a bunch of water and eat after. But during my shift, it was on the whole time because, you know, I was basically seeing seeing patients and, you know, yeah. not wanting to don and doff a million times during the shift. 
Yeah. So I really had to work it out for me how it would be most useful to me and most beneficial really to me mentally. Yeah. I'm so glad that you brought that up though. Cause last time we talked about how you really had to figure out a whole way of eating that worked with all the different kinds of shifts that you work and like, you know, yeah. nighttime and all these different things. And that you really just dug in and, you know, tried a bunch of things, practiced it, right. figured out what was going to work with your experimentation and you really were in a good place. And then yeah. everything COVID. was a surprise, right? <laughs> and, you get COVID. and so the cool thing is though, you're like, I know how to do this. I I've so already adaptable. done this before. I'm yes. just going to figure out the new version of doing this versus like, it's, you know, screw it all to hell. It's yes. over. Yeah. <laughs> I like identified with being someone that like rolled with the punches. Like I never identified as somebody like that before. And I was like, oh, I'm one of those people who can just like kind of, you know, change things up. And like, you know, it was kind of cool to, to be that person. Like, all right, right I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out. Everything's figure outable. What, you know, I forget who says that, but yes. that was me yeah. during that time. You know, yeah. it was like, I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't it kind of fun when you're like, who am I right now? Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like one of those people in quotes. <laughs> right. And right. just to to, you know, for anybody who doesn't remember that episode, I mean, you know, you had really, really struggled before coaching with your job. Oh, yes. You really wanted out. Oh, yes. you were like burnt out yeah. and done and burned out. It. Yes. And before COVID hit, had done tons of work genuinely we're loving your job again, loving taking care of patients. And so were you ever worried like, oh, this is going to kind of threaten this mindset that that I have? I always had those, you know, like you call them thought errors. I would be like, oh, I hope this doesn't like undo all the work I did. And then immediately I'd be like, no, it it won't because like, this is it. Like, this is how I think about my job now. And it never once got to the point where I even gave that, give that a second thought. Like it popped into my head a few times, you know, when shifts were hard, when I'd have multiple codes, I'm like, oh gosh, is this going to like really unravel everything? But, you know, I mean, like I just, you know, I got coaching on it throughout the time when we were really intense in in COVID and, you know, I kept coaching on it and it was never an issue, which I mean, was amazing because with the way I was before, like, if I was still practicing the way I was before I would have been done, I probably would have quit yeah. uh, when COVID hit. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a testament to the power of coaching, right? Because it's not even like, yeah. oh, you can, you know, I can change my thinking so that it's, you know, much more tolerable and I actually like it again when things are going well. But when yes, you can right. still like it, when there's a, In a pandemic, pandemic yeah. <laughs> then yeah, that's yeah, yeah. when you're testing it. You're like, oh, right. okay. Right, right. <laughs> this, this is going to stick, I think, this time. Right. Yeah, that's so right. cool. So you also, though, have been helping to shape a new residency program, which is a pretty new thing, right? Yes. We haven't started yet. And, you know, I asked to be core faculty when they were, they were taking applications and, you know, I'm, I'm on core faculty now and, you know, I have like a little position on core faculty and that's, that's been really interesting for mind management too. And just thinking about how I'm going to approach the residents, you know, when they do get there, we, we have residents now that come through for other programs, but we don't have mm-hmm. ER yet. They're going to start next summer, supposedly. It's <laughs> been really interesting thinking about my own experience with residency and how, you know, how I want to approach dealing with residents and dealing with myself, you know, when they, yes. they do arrive. Cause there, it, yeah. it makes me nervous, you know, somebody practicing under me and, you know, am I going to be teaching them the right way? And am I going to show up for that? You know, kind of like having a kid, like, am I going to show up in the best way possible? Mm. You know, that sort of thing. So I've been exploring exploring what my thoughts are, beliefs are about that, you know, how I want to, how I want to show up for them and myself. 
Well, interestingly, right? It's kind of like we have those concerns before we have a baby. And then what do yeah. we do? We rise to the occasion, right? Because yeah. here yeah. they are and they need us, right? right. <laughs> and we're like, right. well, let's figure it out, you know? So, right. Right. so it's so kind of cool to even look at it that way and just be like, well, we're going to do it. One way or yeah, the other, this is happening. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which is super cool. And I think it's also really awesome to be able to be core faculty and be able to approach the residents with this new filter, right? Like they can, yes. like how, how many of us are like, I never could think of anybody that I interacted with who had like a positive mindset or could teach me anything Don't like manage this mine. or yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, you being able to be that person, even if you're the only person like that's yeah. changed our lives. That's so cool. That's so yeah, awesome. I'm, I love I'm it. really excited about it. That's so great. All right. Now let's talk about your house. So you bought a new house, you fixed it up and you sold a house. And like, yeah. that's a lot. I mean, a lot, I, I know very, very highly trained, skilled coaches who are like, I'm going to move and I'm, I'm committing myself to not being stressed about this. And it still was a super stressful interaction. Yeah. Them. So yeah. let's talk about that. My other house, we're in contract. It's we're closing any any day now. So we put it on the market in August. We moved out in May and we put it on the market in August. We, you know, did some things to like, you know, updated it, like you know, not updated, painted, you know, like random things that when you're living in a house, you just kind of want to make it nice and, and shiny or whatever. But we originally fixed a bunch when we moved into that original house. So we didn't have much to do. It was like a great house for somebody to just move into. Yeah, we bought our, our new house in May and actually our new house had a lot of problems that we weren't aware of, you know, even with like inspections and stuff, just, you know, yeah. all of a sudden you move in and everything breaks. Yep. Like <laughs> what? It always works like that. So, yeah. So we had a period where like, apparently our duct work was like from the original house in like the fifties. And um, so we needed to do all new duct work. We needed a new AC. The like sprinkler system was needed to be dug up in some parts. I was just talking to Lynn about this. There was like a million, million and one things because she just, you know, yes. did the move. <laughs> I was like, so if you need to know about any of these things in here. Oh, like our washer and dryer, there was a problem. Like just literally everything. But overall, the house was amazing. It just had all of these problems. So I was able to like coach myself through it. Like it's, old me would have been like, oh my God, this was such a bad decision. We made the worst decision. We got into this house and now everything's wrong. We're spending a bunch of money. And I was really just able to take a step back and look at it like this is our house that we love. It's a great situation for us. Like the layout's perfect. We love everything about it, except it has a few of these issues, which any house would like, but the old me would have been like, oh, there's a more perfect house out there and we didn't find it. Right. So I had to really work on like, you know, loving this house. Yeah. It actually did the work on the old house too. We didn't actually move out of it. I ended up loving it when we were moving out and it was actually sad to move out of it. Whereas like the whole process started because I was hating living in it. I was like, you know, and you always say like, you got to get yourself right. to neutral or loving the thing yes. before you like on from it. And so it was like bittersweet for me because I'm like, we left our old house that I love now for this, you know, right. house that has so many problems, but so right. I actually had to do work on both houses. Like, yeah. Well, it's so funny it's like, because it's like the same thing as like a relationship or a job, right? Like it's like literally yeah. the same thing, you know, you love your yeah. job. Then you're like, why would I leave if I love it? Well, because you right. just want to do something else. You want, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's, something that's a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Something, like we went, we wanted to go from two stories to one. So now we're in a one story. Yeah, and like, yeah, 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 exactly. And that can just be a good enough reason. Yeah. Right. But right. you really do have to get your brain around that. Right. You're like, I'm leaving yeah. this thing I'm loving. Okay. Yeah. So you really did do a lot of relationship work. So this is all going to kind of like, you know, blend together here. Let's actually, well, let's, let's start it off with the ectopic. So yes. just to kind of give everybody a background story. So your first pregnancy was an ectopic pregnancy, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. so 
you almost died. Yeah. Could yep. we say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Blood out and yeah, it was emergency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like, like emergency legit. surgery. Yeah. The real deal. Yeah. That one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and then you were telling me that you did not do well after that. Like that was like no. mentally, this was before mentally. you had coaching or anything. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Mentally was, was very challenging, very challenging yeah. for me. You know, definitely I didn't, I was never diagnosed, but I could definitely see myself like in like a depressive state, you know, basically I just went to work and came home and went to work and came home. And, you know, before that I had like a, you know, pretty active, like, you know, social life and an active life. So it was mm-hmm. for a while, it was not a good situation. And you were saying that your husband, even at that time was like, I don't know if we should even try to have a baby. Yes. This. Yeah. The both of us were yeah, very scared to like try again, you know, and that's something, I mean, I've, I've known my husband for years since we were teenagers and it's always something we talked about. We wanted kids. So it was something like we really wanted it, but we were also scared. And like this, this situation was just so devastating. And the way I, I think I, you know, I added to the suffering of already like losing a tube and like, you know, losing a pregnancy. And then I just, with how I would think about it and think about the future and think about the past and blame myself and be worried about the future. It just made it like a situation where, well, why would I want to try for a pregnancy when like, I'm just thinking about everything in like a depressive way, you know, like there's nothing positive going forward. So that's, yeah. you know, the, the mindset we're at. And then slowly, you know, like, you know, I started like coming around and like, you know, I was feeling better physically, which helped me mentally. And, you know, then we, you know, we tried first a second kid and I got pregnant and, you know, I had my daughter, but that was also a very difficult pregnancy. I had a lot of pain and I bled through it and had a, like a large fibroid that was like pressing on things and uh, just some other things that happened that it just made it for a difficult pregnancy. But, you know, then I, you know, I had her and like, that was fine. And then I found your program and I lost the weight and, you know, things were actually like improving in my life because of my, you know, like how I was thinking about things and like my personal life with my husband and um, just work and I was helping work again and everything. So I was like, I've got this, like, I'm on top of the world. Let's have a, you know, let's have a second kid. And then it was like, wah, wah. my husband was like, no, I think our, our family's good now. <laughs> and I was like devastated. You know, I really I remember coaching on that several yeah, times, actually. Lots of coaching a lot of the that. first work that you did really was. Yeah. It was like getting to be okay yeah. with, you know, not having a second kid Yeah, and really getting to be okay with it. And like, I was actually like imagining my life with like the one kid and now she's growing up. So we're going to like start traveling again. And we're going to like do all these fun things. And like, I was really like excited about it. I'm like, okay, one kid's cool. Like we'll save a bunch of money. We'll have like more money to do whatever we want with. Like, totally fine. Like I got, I went from like being so depressed about it and like it really like being a thing in our relationship with me and my husband. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, coaching through it and getting okay with it and like even being, you know, for it. And then, then my husband was like, things were so good that he was like, oh, things are so good. Let's try for another kid. And like, you know, the little emoji where your like mind like blows up. You're like, what? (laughs) What is happening? An exploding one. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Then, you know, my manipulative brain was like, well, if you were going to say yes, when everything was great, I would have just tried to make everything great like months ago, like, you know, faked it. Yes. So you would say yes months ago. Because <laughs> you were really, you really thought he was done. Like he was like, was that was the end. We made yeah. a plan. Like we're, you know, we're done. Like it was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah. And then, you know, that led to us getting pregnant. And then, the, the yeah. and you got pregnant during, on purpose during COVID yes. times. I remember it just took a lot of my management, it, right? Yes. Yeah. And sort of saying like, yeah, a lot of people are probably going to judge me for this. Yeah. Being in the ER and all of that. Right. And you're like, right. screw it. Let's do it. It's happening. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So then. Yeah, that's right. I got coaching on that too. I, I remember. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We're going to talk yeah. about that. So then. 
What happened with this one? Tell everyone what happened. I had another topic. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I was devastated. I mean, now I can like look back and it's okay. And I can talk about it without like bursting into tears and, you know, being super depressed about it. But it was devastating. And I actually had like, apparently had like a worse ectopic than the first because it was a corneal. And like, I thought I was having a normal pregnancy because I got so far along. But apparently they grow larger because they can like in the like part of the like uterus where it like kind of stretches a little bit. But apparently you're more at risk with those. So, you know, they found it and I was able to safely, you know, be done with it. it yeah. And but it was it was devastating. It was it was truly devastating. Yeah. So I had to, you know, I coached on that again. I mean, I don't think you had that that was not on your radar as someone no. to expect, right? No, yeah. I was like, I can't be that lucky twice. Like, come on. Right. You know, right, like right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so that happened. And so let's just, I I think it's really good to just be clear. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm having an ectopic. I just coached myself and it didn't bother me. And I was like a little sad about it. Like that's not what happened. So let's just be real. I was absolutely devastated. I went back to my old eating ways, my old, like sit in front of the TV and do nothing. My poor daughter, you know, lost a mom during that time because I was just checked out. Like I was just barely doing only the things I needed to do to like survive. So again, just work and home and doing nothing at home, barely getting by at work, eating all the things. I'm not a big drinker, but you know, like even alcohol chatter was in my mind. Alcohol will make this feel better. Right. Um, I mean, it's when we feel that bad, right? We just want all like, of the food isn't cutting it. We've already tried yeah, that. What food, else we got? Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Alcohol. Like, let me buy these things. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. anything I could do to not be with myself in the pain and then just adding more pain to my pain because I'm not willing to, at that point, was willing to like really feel the devastating pain. And then, you know, slowly I started coaching on it and, you know, it didn't last as long as my first one. I had, I went like months, my first ectopic, yeah. just in a very depressive state. And I guess I probably like not I, clinical depression because is, I was like fully functional, but I was like yeah. bare minimum functioning, you know? My memory, and I could be wrong, but my memory is that we first coached on it like three weeks out. Probably. You're probably Which I right. think is amazing. Yeah. I think that like that you were even in a place to even want to coach, to even be yeah. open to the idea of thinking differently. Yeah. Like, and I remember you just being like, and I'm doing all these things and I know I'm making it worse. Like you had so right. much awareness around, yeah. like, I know yeah. this isn't helping, but like, I don't know what else to do. You know, whereas right. before, like when, before, you know, this work and have done this, right. You're like, well, what the heck else am I supposed to do? Like, of course, right. I'm this is how that. I'm supposed to act, right? Yes, right, exactly. Yeah. And then I even, you know, our crazy brains, I even judged myself for, you know, like wanting to coach on it so early. I was like, I'm going to just change my thoughts three weeks out. Like, that's all I give myself. Like, but right. I really truly was ready to feel something different because I was just adding, the, I had the awareness. I knew I was just adding more pain in my suffering. Like, yeah, I didn't want to feel gay about having a topic pregnancy, but I certainly didn't want to feel double negative you know, with all the stuff I was doing. Yeah. Well, and it's like how I think that where coaching helps there is how can I actually feel my emotions? Because of course, all the Netflix and the food and the alcohol and the shopping is all in an effort to avoid it. Right. (laughs) And we're like, it's so bad that I can't feel it. So I'm going to do all these other things, which actually makes it even more insurmountable. And so having some awareness around that, at least you can be like, I mean, you know, I just, I, this is I just the most loving to, thing I can do. For yes, myself. Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it doesn't make any sense for me to make this, to continually make this worse and worse when right. I can at least start practicing feeling what's happening right. here. 
and right. then going from right. there. And, and, you know, I, I always look at it like, you know, same thing, you know, with, with the baby that I lost, it's like, I'm never going to be like, Oh, no big deal. Or like, Oh, whatever. You know, it's never going right. to be like that, but like right. being able to get some resolution, right. Some, right. some kind of incorporation of it into your story where you can talk about it and right. think about it without it, you know, rendering you a puddle of tears, Yes, you know, <laughs> like yeah. getting to that place. Like you feel like it's still, it's always going to be a part of you. Right. But then you move on just like anything that is painful Hard. in your life, yes. right? Like any kind of yeah. difficult loss or, or you know, or, or disappointment or things like that. So, yeah, I just, I, I thank you for sharing that. First of all, of I course, just, yeah, like, as I, I told you, yeah. I just think people don't talk about this stuff enough. I agree. I agree. You, you already feel so isolated. And then when people don't talk about it, it's yeah, it just compounds. You're right. Exactly. You're really like, no, I'm the one who's broken. And even yes. as doctors, we know this happens to other people. We're like, yeah, but Right. You know, I should have known better. I should have done luck. something about right. it. Mine right. was I, because there's yeah. this thing yeah. that's wrong. Something wrong with whatever. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So through all of that and just through all your work with coaching, your relationship with your husband has completely blossomed. Not that it was oh like gosh. bad. Before. Not what it was bad before. We had a yeah. great, I mean, we've been like soulmates since, you know, way back. You know, we knew each other as, I would say kids, but teenagers. And we've been together for a long time. We've been married for 11 years, but even together before that, 10 years. And so like, we've always been super solid, like just open, honest, great, great communication. But coaching is like taking it to another level. Like, I feel like we're unstoppable. Like we're just like, you know, power couple of 2020, you know, which we're not, but like, you know, that's in my mind, how I think <laughs> about us. Like wrong with you thinking about yourself. Though. Right. Yeah, right. That's amazing. It's so great. Yeah. That could just be true. You could just, yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's too, I think it's funny because like, you know, our relationship was so amazing before and like, you know, the way I took him not wanting to have another kid in stride and like coached through and got myself to a good place. And then, you know, along the way, like, you know, our intimate relationship is better and like, us around the house is, you know, great. And like, you know, we're not having disagreements about like many things because I've, you know, I've like dropped the manual for him. And I think that's what led him to like wanting to try for a second kid again, which is so funny, you know, like everything's just like getting so good. And then, yeah, it just, it just worked out that I think like, you know, he just saw that everything was so great. We can take on whatever life throws at us, you know, like whether it's an ectopic or, you know, a sick relative or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know, he's a lawyer, right? So he's yeah. like very logical. I'm sure yeah. he's just really like yeah. analyzing, like, is it prudent to bring another right. child into the situation? Right, right. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Thinking yeah. about it that way. Yeah. That's totally awesome. And then as far as mothering goes too, I know you've really done a lot of work on yourself as a mom and your relationship with your daughter and wanting to be more present and engaged with her. So can you speak to that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we talk about mothering in our, in the WhatsApp group all the time. And it's a, it's a big thing for all mothers. Like, I don't think I've ever met a single mother that was like, you know, mothering's easy, no big deal. I've got this. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's always a challenge. It's the number one thing I identify with like being, you know, I am a mother. And so like, if it's that number one thing in my life, like it's, there's always challenges that come up with it. And so there's always like self-coaching every single day. You know, I don't work every single day, so I don't have to coach myself every single day about work or, you know, whatever other else in my life, but I'm a mother every single day. So like, there's constantly something to coach on in my head about how I'm mothering or how I'm showing up for her. And also realizing that she's her own person. And she's gonna, even though she's only, well, she'll be five on Christmas, but 
she's, you know, she's going to do what she's going to do. I can guide her. I can help her. I can show up as the best mother I can be, but in the end, it's going to be all her decisions, you know, and yeah. I just got to show up for the best I can. But in the moment, it's very hard, you know, when she's like flipping out about the Zoom, you know, school call or, you know, she's like yelling at her friend because they don't want to share or, you know, I go in my head. I'm like, oh, my God, she's going to be like a crazy human being. She can't share. What is wrong with her? Like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I teach her to share? You know, like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but there's so much like I think I think Coach, I do self-coaching in my head about mothering like every single day, like throughout the day. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's the yeah. number one thing. Grounds you. It brings you back yeah. to like, what can I actually control? Yes. <laughs> and it, it, like you say, like she's my best teacher. Like I actually originally did the work with my brother, my brother, and I had like a little string relationship. And he's the initial person I did like the work on that, you know, like I can only show up for him as the best sister I can, you know, his outcomes, his own outcomes. And I can just love him for who he is and really help me with my relationship with my daughter like even though I am the parent I can set boundaries I can do things to guide her she can disagree with every single boundary that I ever set and 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 go against them you know and then I you know those consequences and whatever and maybe you know every single day of my life I'm gonna have to be given out consequences or maybe I'm not maybe it's gonna be easy but either way she's gonna do what she's gonna want to do exactly I think we like to think that we have so much more control than we really do and even the way we talk about it we're like oh that mom you know she needs to learn how to control her kid yeah as though that's possible (laughs) there's no controlling anybody else but yourself and sometimes it's hard to control yourself like I you know I have to remind myself like the only person I'm in control of is me and I'm a work in progress like yeah you know, exactly. sometimes like I'm half the control. time I'm going to screw that up. So right, right, <laughs> right, exactly. I think though, once you can, I think some people hear that and they're like, well, then what's the point? Why do we even try? And I look at it more like, no, this is like offering yourself compassion. Like all of us yeah. are trying our hardest when we see someone else who's struggling rather than being so quick to judge and thinking that we have all the answers and we know how to live their life better than they do right? Which is how pretty much everybody is about kids when they don't have kids, right? <laughs> so we, right, we all right. were the most amazing parents before we had children. Absolutely. Right? Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. You know, like when you can find that compassion for everybody else around you and offer to yourself, then you just, we're all just trying to figure this out. We're all oh, doing yeah. it. And some days we do a good job. I sometimes think too, I'm like, if the kids do well, it's kind of like despite our parenting, yes. you know what I yes. mean? Not because of our parenting. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I look yeah. at my, my ninth grader and in some of the ways that he's excelling and I'm like, I mean, that's all him. Like I just, I'm like yeah. giving him all the credit for that. Like he's created yeah. that solely for himself. He has to be internally <laughs> motivated. I mean, yeah. even, even if you sat down with him every single day and was like, do this, 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 this he has to want to do it himself right. or else he's going to be like, no, that's not happening. Exactly. And the cool thing yeah. is that it's not like I've never had a concern about him. Sure. I mean, I totally like when he was younger, like had, you know, like worried about this and worried about that and worried about the yeah. other thing. And is this okay? And is that okay? Is the other thing okay? Like all the normal mom stuff. Right, and it's like, right. whether you worry, you don't worry. They still like bake themselves, you know, right, <laughs> they come right, out right. On the other end. So we really can just, you know, dial back the worrying. I don't know that's totally possible to turn it off, but no, dial it back. definitely not, but definitely dialing it back and checking myself, you know? Right, right, right. Exactly. And just even having the awareness, like this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm acting this way or approaching this in this certain way. Yeah. That's right. So good. So one thing that you've said recently that I thought was really good is you were saying that you kind of feel like you're in a rest period in your life. And yeah. so I would love it for, if you could explain to everyone listening, like what you mean by that. 
Yeah, it's not an easy period. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> so it should be. I've been <laughs> like, you know, like we talk about people are internally motivated to do things. I've been internally motivated like my whole life. Like I, in high school, wanted to go to college. I wanted to go to medical school. I wanted to get into residency and be a good resident. And I was chief resident and, you know, just accomplish, 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 you know, get married, buy a good, you know, get a good house, have the child. You know, we have a dog, like, you know, all the accomplishments, check, 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 check. And not because they didn't want to do those things, they wanted to do those things, but also, you know, you kind of get into this rhythm of, okay, accomplish this, one next, accomplish this, one next, you know, like I kind of got like, I don't know, just like into the accomplishments. So finally, you know, I'm at a great place in my life where I love my job. I love my husband. I love my life. You know, I'm loving everything. And, you know, I'm like pulled to be like, okay, what next? What is this like next accomplishment? And I haven't ever really had a period where I'm just like, I'm enjoying life, you know, and like enjoying just, what you created, what you spent all yeah. of those years creating for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm in that period right now. And I have to remind myself because, you know, when you connect in this group with these women doctors, I mean, there's so many amazing people there. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I want to do more. You hear about all these women doing these fabulous things and they're like the leaders of this and they're doing that. And they're, you know, they're going to be coaches, they're going to be CEOs, or they're running their hospital system or whatever they're doing. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like, I want to do that. I need to do that. I mean, where's my next accomplishment? I got to use, I got to use this coaching for something good. Like, obviously I need to coach to get to the next place. And you know, what I found is no, like, I want to enjoy what I've created right now. This doesn't mean that I don't want to be ambitious in a little bit, but I haven't even, you know, I'm 30 something years old. I haven't had a period where I'm just like enjoying life. And so I want to do that. And I have to remind myself every day that I want to do that because every little email that I get, like, would you like to do this opportunity or would you like to do that? I'm like, you know, I'm like a, like a, you know, dog with a squirrel. I'm like, squirrel, squirrel. Yeah, like right. I want to jump that's right into do. the next that's opportunity. I have to slow down and remind myself, like, no, you're in a yeah. period of rest. This is what you want. You know, this is good for you and good for your family and, you know, what you want right now. But yeah. as easy, it, it sounds easy. Oh, your period of rest. It should be so easy. You just it should be like know, vacation all the time. Right, right. It's like actually <laughs> it's not, pretty though. difficult when you're like, right. you know, so stimulated all the time. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's like a reset, you know, like, you know, I don't know if you've heard about these. Some of these people now are doing dopamine fasts where they're basically like denying themselves of like all of the pleasures in their life for like, you know, several days to try (gasps) to like reset their brains, right? Because we are constantly being bombarded with dopamine hits like crazy. And they're like, yeah, is it uncomfortable? Of course it is. Right, right. (laughs) Right. And that's, you know, in a way what you're doing, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, you've been getting all these dopamine hits from accomplishing things. And instead, how about we get some dopamine hits from being present in our lives and being present and actually figuring out how to create joy that isn't tied to accomplishment. Yes. Right. That's really what it is. It's hard because you've never practiced that before because your whole life it's been all one thing to the next based and achievement yeah. based. Yeah. So I, I just think you're a great example of that, where it's like, you know, you're like, I'm getting pulled to that. Nope. I'm right. Coming back. I'm coming back. Right. <laughs> I'm just staying <laughs> where I am right now. And I think, you know, learning to be in the discomfort of that is so useful for you, yes. right. To just yeah. go like, you know, no, I, could I do anything I wanted? Of course. But right, right. now I'm going to choose this because this is what I'm choosing. The, I yeah, want to do this. Yeah. The, the effects of doing that, which is so cool. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Do you have anything else that you would like I to mean, share? Or that is a lot, ice? right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we covered everything. I coaching, it works. We can it sum, works. sum it up with coaching. Yes, I'm proof. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, Shannon, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on a year later, giving us the whole update. It's so great to hear what's going on for people and to to hear, yeah, just to hear the whole update. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources. <laughs>